This is the SB Live Washington podcast, your twice weekly conversation about high school sports and the people who play them across the Evergreen State. I'm Andy Bueller, your host and a reporter with SB Live. And with me, as always, he's the prodigal son of Tacoma. He's a senior reporter with SB Live. And depending on the week, he's either your pal or mine, or he's nobody's pal. He's Todd Millis. Todd, the postseason is here. We talked about it a couple days ago. You've got a couple uh, couple days to uh, talk to coaches and digest it all. How are we feeling? You seen the extended weather report, weather forecast, Andy, for the next 10 days? Uh, yeah, I have. I have. Is, is it the bomb cyclone that's here to stay? Is it El Nino? Um, what are we dealing with? Yeah, I think the bomb cyclone was going to have a weekend vacation and decided to move in. Well, the bomb cyclone got to start paying rent at some point um, because, you know, it, it seems like we're staring at a pretty rainy postseason, but who knows? I I can remember covering some, I've covered some like really, really nice, cold, brisk, like Thanksgiving week semifinal games. So who knows? Maybe by that time, all the rain will get out of the way and uh, and we'll be back. How about that? Well... You know, as as we know, in two thousand and nineteen, that was the first year that the state championships moved outdoors, and and we actually had good weather. It was a really sunny day. Yeah. Uh, relatively warm for the first week of December, and that three A it rained for you in the three A two or the the three A game, right? I don't think it rained. I think it was I think it was clear and got a little cold for the night. The night game was still coming tum water, which worked out really well. But I mean. Given the fact that you know semifinal weekend and and final and gridiron classic weekend were both in the Tacoma Dome for so long, and I remember driving to the Tacoma Dome on both of those weekends for many many years where it was raining, and I was so thankful that we weren't outside and not only raining but you know barely forty degrees. So, but we're 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 kind of headed for that at least for the next. For this week, the round of 32, and I think we're going to have rain first round of the state playoffs. So, uh, yeah, I told you, don't do not do what I do. I did for the uh, 4A Kinko Championship. Uh, make sure you have a legit raincoat. Yeah, um, I'll try. Uh, I, th- I just I, – I, th- this will make you I, – actually, I don't know what your reaction to this will be, but I actually just purchased at age at – the, at the ripe age of 26, Todd – I just purchased my first ever rain jacket. I am a I am a resident. I have lived in the Pacific Northwest pretty much my whole entire life in different corners of it, but pretty much the Pacific Northwest all through and through. And I've never owned a rain jacket until now. Yeah. I would did you go through REI or where'd you where'd you order it from? Oh, come on, man. Let's get those Portland connections, the Columbia Employee Store. The Columbia Employee Store. I forgot you got the 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 HQ of all those great stores down there, uh, and outlet stores as well with no tax. Maybe I should be doing my raincoat shopping down in Oregon. We'll be putting that to use this weekend. Uh, we've got a full load of district week, round of thirty-two week, depending on the classification. Uh, that depends on what you call this week. It is the state play-in week. How about? It's the week before the state playoffs. On Sunday, 
Seating committees for all six classifications made up of athletic directors and coaches will seed the field of 16 teams. Those 16 teams are going to be decided over the next few days here. Games start. Games go Friday, Saturday, and each classification is doing it differently. And we spent a, a good chunk of Sunday's podcast, Todd, talking about uh, and trying to make sense of what's going on at the 3A level this year because uh, they're doing it differently at the 3A level. So um, 3A on Sunday and part of 4A, so all of the West Side schools in 4A, so I think it's 22 of the 30, 32 schools in 4A that are playing, like 22 schools were ranked in order by a, a, a committee that is not technically the state seating committee, but made up of the state seating committee members, 100% crossover, and they were ranked 1 through 32 in 3A, 1 through 22 in 4A, uh, and matchups were determined there from, from there on out. 1 plays 32, 2 plays 31, and the top 16 seeds get home, uh, home field advantage. Now, we spent a good amount of time talking about this on Sunday. If you want more of an explanation, uh, head back and, and re, replay Sunday's episode because we go into kind of, you know, why, what, what this means, what to make sense of it. Um, I think there was a lot of confusion uh, among readers of like, okay, you know, I, maybe the average fan doesn't care. And, and, and that could very well be true. But the people who pay attention, a very close attention to high school sports, uh, the people who are involved in high school sports and high school football in this state, um, there was a lot of attention paid to this seating committee. And in conversations with coaches uh, since then, uh, there's there's been a lot of feedback uh, about what's, what's happening at the 3A level. And the line I got from uh, the Lake Washington uh, School District Athletic Director in a story I wrote last week was this method of seeding the, the uh, round of 32 is here to stay now, or, or at least it could be here to stay. It could provide a model uh, for the future of uh, the 3A round of 32. Uh, but I got to say, after some of the feedback that, that I've heard in conversations with coaches, uh, it, and you, I'm sure, can echo this, I think it's fair to bring that into question, Todd. What is the tenor of those conversations you've had with coaches about just how um, these these round of 32 games uh, were determined? Um, you and I talked about some of the matchups we didn't agree with, but just, just the format of it overall. Um, what are you hearing from coaches? Well, I mean, there's there's some coaches and we've talked about some of the games that were head scratchers for us. And some of those coaches were, I don't understand. Um, I, I listen, I don't want to trash the entire bracket. I think largely the bracket's fine. I think there are probably three or four instances or three or four games in, in the four, a bracket and in the three, a bracket where you just go, that makes no sense to me. And again, it, it's, I, I get, taking a model that was largely successful the past couple of years at the state level, trying to seed 16 teams for your state playoffs, but doubling that and having, and trying to figure out, you know, the ins and outs of 32 teams. And yeah, they're using the RPI and they're using strength schedule and they're using what these district representatives are, are telling them. But at the end of the day, trying to rank 32 teams. I mean, you and I could do it, but it's not like we could just go from one to 32. I mean, there would be 
a mass amount of discussion. And I don't know if we would get it right. It's a lot of teams to try and, and, and seed um, for a playing round. So I don't necessarily think they should, if this is, if they're committed to this, let's just get some more people that have maybe a broader view of what's going on around the state. I don't expect coaches and I've told coaches and athletics directors this, I don't expect a coach or an athletic director from the 4A SPSL or the 3A SSC to know exactly what's going on over in the CBBN or the GSL. Um, you know, I mean, you can do that and it takes a lot of time and effort and investment, but you know, you're trying to win your league. You're trying to make sure your team is taken care of. And then all of a sudden, at the end of this, you're asked to try and see teams that you probably haven't seen and you've only heard a little bit about, and you're seeing a few statistics about. It's a lot to put on coaches and athletic directors. Again, I, I thought in a grand scheme of things, the brackets are okay. They're, they're going to work. They're going to be very serviceable. But there are three or four instances, Andy and I, you and I have talked about, Andy, that I, we just kind of go, that just, that just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it jumps out, obviously, that you know four Kinko teams are hosting games. It jumps out that four Metro League teams are hosting games. It jumps out that, that Monroe, uh, which, which uh, won the 3A Wesco Championship. I know there's, uh, there was a lot going on in both divisions of the Wesco with ties and, and injuries, which I, I can tell you, um, you know, with, with a Ferndale, uh, a team like Ferndale that has a couple losses on its hands, um, and lost the 3A Wesco Championship game to Monroe over the weekend. Uh, the seeding committee at the 3A level did factor in the fact that Isaiah Carlson is out for the season with an ACL injury. That's just something that they factored in, and that's why those human uh, uh, perspectives were were, were uh, baked into this. Uh, that being said, uh, you know there's there's I, I think. A question that that was raised uh, that you and I were talking about before we started recording, Todd, was should we expect we've now seen um, the way that these these fields uh, have been seeded and the way that these these rankings of teams and the round of 32 uh, have been the matchups have been determined. Now, I can also say that there is 100 percent crossover between even though that these the committee that ranked the teams over the weekend is not WI affiliated and the, and the committees that are doing it on Sunday are WI affiliated after the round of 32 is when the WI comes in and, and says, this is, it's our time. Now the playoffs belong to us. Um, even though those two, those two are not affiliated, there's 100% crossover. It's the same people in the same room making the same choices. And those same people have been meeting weekly for the past four weeks or so um, and kind of sketching out uh, what their what their field looks like um, based on the results week to week, comparing notes um, and, and just, you know, having having, you know, the, those kind of backdoor behind the curtain conversations uh, to kind of wind up for this weekend. Now, is it fair to assume that what we've seen in this weekend, this this previous week in the round of 32, with these four Kinko teams hosting, with uh, the you know Pialup having to go on the road uh, despite being in a in an extremely strong SPSL this year, uh, Monroe having to go on the road despite winning a, a league title, is it fair that these perceived um, trends and uh, these these sort of uh, patterns that we saw in this current round of 32 field? 
is that going to carry over? And can we assume, can those coaches assume that those, that that's how this committee is going to feel and how they're going to act? Uh, did we just get the blueprint laid out for us this weekend? Um, that's a question that coaches are asking, Todd. And I think, you know, I think I might've mentioned this in the last podcast. I think the answer is, I think the answer is yes. I think it's very fair to scrutinize uh, these matchups this week and say, okay, now we have something to compare this state bracket to. Um, I'm sure a lot of coaches uh, are, are asking the same thing. Yeah. I mean, this particular selection committee just set a precedent. They just ranked one through 32. So if you're Puyallup, and you're looking, you're going on the road in the round of 32. It's a pretty good assumption, just based on your seating in the round of 32, that there's a good chance you're going on the road in the round of 16. Now, I think the the one caveat to all this, Andy, is is and the RPI will reflect this after week 10. Is should you have the ability? Should there be some wiggle room in your seating? So if Puyallup, in theory, let's just say they're the nine seed projected to be the nine seed in the 4A bracket, and they go to Mount Sy, and they beat Mount Sy, the fourth, the fourth team in the Kinko 4A, should they expect or should that be reflected in their state seed? And, I, and the question is, yeah, I think it should. I, I hope that the, the WIAA selection committee takes that very seriously into consideration instead of just saying, okay, well, the round of 32 selection committee said, this is, this is the order. So why would we contradict that? I, I think that's the question that coaches have to, 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 to ask themselves. I, I think, you know, coaches were irked about some of this stuff for a couple of days, but now I think the reality of it set in now, I think the question they're asking is, can we move up or will we move down? If we don't, you know, if we, if we have a close win against the team we're expected to beat, or we go on the road and, and beat a team that's a higher seed. Should we move up? I think those are legitimate questions. Um, I would, I, I would, knowing some of the people that are in the state uh, selection committee, Andy, I think I would, uh, and I'll, I'll be up there on Sunday uh, with with Paul Beatty on the uh, Eli Sports, uh, you know, bracket re- uh, re- release show. But I, I would think that that stuff would would be taken under serious consideration and reflected in the in the round of sixteen. Um, seeds and brackets. Yeah, I know. I completely agree. And and we'll just have to see. That show, by the way, is going to be on the NFHS network. It's going to unveil the bracket as it uh, is released. Uh, each bracket, 1B through 4A. Uh, Todd, you're going to be breaking down and, and giving analysis. And basically, if you listen to this podcast and you, and you like what Many Hats Millis is dishing on a week-to-week basis, head to the NFHS network. The subscriptions, it's a monthly subscription. Uh, so keep that in mind. Uh, it, it's how we. It's how I watch a lot of games throughout the, the throughout the year. Um, but that's how you're going to be able to watch this show. Or you can, you know, head to the site scorebooklive.com/slash/Washington and the SB Live Sports app. Uh, we should have those brackets posted uh, shortly after they are announced. So um, be on the lookout for that. If you haven't downloaded the app yet, uh, please do. As I said a couple podcasts ago, it just got a fresh new update, and um, there's there's a lot of uh, all of Todd in my work. That's that's a, that's your one stop shop for for coverage across this state um, on a week to week basis, not just in the football season, throughout the entire year, uh, and so. Uh, a lot to look forward to this weekend on Sunday. Um, we didn't come here, though, Todd, 
to to retread um, the uh, round of 32 and spend an hour talking about um, you know what went down last Sunday and any gripes and grumpy coaches uh, and, and try to relitigate all that. Um, although I am interested to see if uh, there's ever the possibility of a 32-team WIA state bracket um, because I personally think that's the only way you can make this work uh, long term. That being said, we came here to pick and make predictions on some of the top games across this weekend, across classifications. Todd's pumping his fists. He's ready. So why don't we start uh, at the uh, – why don't we start down in the Bs at the 1B level? You wrote about this in your in your uh, week ten primer, which is on the site scorebooklive.com slash Washington in the SB Live Sports app. Number six Lummy heads to number three Quilcine and gets a week ten rematch of an early season game that was played where Quilcine was not at full strength. Lummy beat Quilcine in week three, twenty eight to twenty two. They did it without. All-state running back, all-state everything, Bishop Budnick, who's a uh, heck of a difference maker. He's one of the top 1B players across the state, and uh, he's back. Lummy's looking really good. I'm sorry, Quilcene's looking really good. Quilcene whooped Evergreen Lutheran, who, who has peeked into our SB Live Top 10 1B rankings. Uh, they whooped Nia Bay, uh, which has, has been firmly um, in our... Uh, 1B rankings, and Lummy is coming off a loss to Nia Bay, which is why they're playing Quilcene. Uh, lost 40-30 to 30, uh, last week. So this is a rematch. I'm sure Quilcene, uh, it's obviously a different Quilcene team, but you never forget those early season uh, matchups, those early season losses, especially this time of year when the games count and the points matter. Uh, prediction, Todd? I'll, le- I'll let you kick things off. Yeah, I mean, this is a as I talk about on the uh, on the on the week ten primer, uh, the only matchup of two top ten teams in the RPI, and and then some of this was a predetermined bracket. Lummy getting upset um, by Nia Bay last week, and now they get to travel. I think that game is going to be played at Squim High School. If I uh, I think that's what Quilcine coach Trey Bethard had told me. So it's it's going to be on turf. Uh, Quilcine has played Lummy a few times over the years, and and. You know, it's a real contrast in styles. Uh, you talked about Bishop Budnick. He didn't play in the earlier game. Um, Lummy handed uh, Quilcene. It's it's only lost this season, but no Bishop Budnick. He was recovering from off-season surgery. I think, in fact, he came back maybe the following week or the week after that. But they're a power run team um, that that really likes to, to control the clock. Um, but they have a quarterback that that – that Trey, uh, that coach Bethard's really high on, um, Nathan Kiefer. He's a six foot six, pretty tall quarterback, uh, at any classification, much less the eight man, uh, the eight man brand, but he's, uh, their best basketball player. Andy can, can do some really crazy dunks, a really good athlete. Um, so if you, if you kind of load up on the box, kind of load up in the box to try and stop, you know, that power running game that, that, that Nathan can kind of beat you with some play action stuff. Um, but this is a team that's had its issues facing that spread out Lummy attack by, you know, you know, led by longtime coach, you know, uh, Jim Sandusky. Um, with it being on turf and and it and it's set to be, you know, not windy. The first matchup was was pretty, pretty low scoring for an eight man game, but it was under really bad conditions. It was it was one of those 
mid to late September games, Andy, where it was, you know, 25 miles an hour wind blowing and, and rain. And I think the weather's probably going to be a little bit better Saturday. Um, I'm, I'm going to go Lummy. I think Lummy gets it done uh, with that high, that high flying passing attack. That's what the eight man games for. It's, it's, it's about to score points and there's, you know, uh, throwing the ball around and, and getting quick scores is, is, is kind of the, the eight man game that I like and I'm used to. So I'm, I'm going to pick Lummy to beat Colsine in a close game. Let's just double the score. I'm going to say 48 to 44. Okay, you like Lummy. You like uh, defensive end Samson Bumate, who's a stud. You like William Elzey, the hard-hitting running back linebacker. Um, and and Lummy's got a fun piece, too, and Duncan Toby, a quarterback that, um, you know, we we talked about in our preseason podcast. And um, he's one of those players that I've, I've just kind of been waiting uh, to see play in the postseason. So, um, we'll see how that game goes, but you know, these are loser out games at, at this point. This is the importance behind a, a number six versus a number three. Uh, not only in RPI are these top 10 teams, there are their top 10 teams in SB lives rank power rankings as well. I just think Quill scene with Budnick back, uh, is just going to be too much. Um, I pick Quill scene. It's gonna, I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I, I pick, uh, I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout though. Um, I, I pick Quill scene by 10. Uh, 35-25. What say you? I gave you my score. Did you? Oh, oh what was your score? 48-44. Oh, there you go. There you go. Okay, 48-44. Well, I, I like that too. That's usually, that's, a, that's a typical eight-man score, isn't it? Especially around the playoffs. It's up there. There have been some low-scoring games this year in, in 1B, but there's also been a ton of injuries and, and COVID pauses and just overall messiness, uh, particularly at the 1B level. Uh, when you when you lose a couple players or when something happens, it just cascades with those small rosters. So you and I are split on this, so we'll have to relitigate this on Sunday. But let's head up to the 1A level where Montesano, the Bulldogs at 5-3, and three, go on the road and take on LeCenter, who just poked back into the 1A SB Live Power Rankings after winning the 1A Trico League. Uh, LeCenter has been on top of that Trico League for a, a very long time. Um you know, with 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 uh, I think they lost a, a couple years ago to Stevenson. Stevenson took it from him one year, but it's been LeCenter's league. LeCenter sits here at six and two with two good losses to uh, to uh, number two Eatonville and to one uh, B number one Kalama. Montesano has sent LeCenter home before in the postseason. These teams, uh, you know, th- this is a, a district crossover game between the Evco uh, and uh, the uh, Trico League. These teams are very familiar. These programs are very familiar with one another, um, and and Monty is is a little bit of a different team. I mean, they I think Monty plays that Evergreen Conference is so much tougher, um, just top to bottom, than than a lot of conferences across the state, um, and so they're battle tested. Sit here at five and three, but they got to travel uh, south down Interstate five to head to La Center near the uh, the beautiful ALNA Casino. Uh, What's your pick, Todd? Does uh, does Trico League MVP Darren Cepeda is he just too much uh, for the Montesano Bulldogs? Yeah, I mean, you know, there were a lot of question marks with with Monty. They lost a lot of players from that from that good team here last spring. They they found a you know they they have developed another you know dual threat quarterback in in Jaden uh, McAlvary. Uh, capacity can run it. I just, I just think you, you talk about the center and I just think they have a little, 
a, l- a little more firepower. Um, it's weird that these two teams, um, especially given their, 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 their success over the last decade or so, it's weird that these two teams are playing so early in the postseason. Again, this is not, this has not been Monty's best team. Uh, Edenville kind of ruled that roost in that, uh, in that one, a evergreen conference. Um, I do also think that the center wins and wins big. I think they're going to win by a couple touchdowns, 42, 28. You th- you say the center by a couple touchdowns, 42, 28. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than that. Um, but I, I like that score prediction. I, I think, I think the center is going to win 31 to 21. Um, but uh, don't don't uh, don't discount that that home field advantage uh, there at LeCenter playing on the grass. Um, it's going to be uh, it, it might be a mud bowl on Friday. And uh, Josh Hart, uh, Joshua Hart, SB Live correspondent. He's a, a freelancer, formerly at the Columbian. He'll he'll be at that game for SB Live with a story and photos. Uh, so. You know where to find his work uh, on the site late Friday night, early Saturday morning, and throughout the weekend. So let's let's move on quickly. Our second 1A and final 1A game we're looking at this weekend is uh, Chelan at 4-4 four and four from the Caribou Trail League going over to take on uh, the Riverside Rams, led by head coach Buddy Woods, sitting at 9-1. and one. It's the number two team out of the 1A Northeast League. Had that... Uh, epic defensive, uh, you know, showdown a couple weeks ago against uh, the team that won that league, Lakeside of Nine Mile Falls. Uh, can Shalan, who has been has been really has you know, in some moments this year, Shalan's been a really exciting team. I know it's it's been a little up and down at four and four, but they won that great game uh, against Columbia. Uh, that that crazy shootout that we talked about midseason. Uh, Reed Stamps, a uh, a big burly quarterback under center, uh, is a playmaker. He's got a cannon, uh, and he can make things happen on his feet as well. Do you give Shalan a shot uh, driving over to uh, Chatteroy, Washington, for this one? Well, I mean, I give anybody a, sh- a chance. Yeah, you know, uh, it's uh, anytime you have a big arm quarterback who's six five and can see over everything. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think this Riverside defense is, is, uh, it's seen its share of good quarterbacks, uh, in the one, a, uh, Northeast league. And, uh, I, you know, uh, they play, they're playing at home. They come from a better league. They won the league last spring. They're the runner up in the league this fall. Um, this is a team that I think, you know, wasn't happy that it, it missed out on a playoff chance when it won the league last spring because there were no playoffs. So now they get a second chance to, to get in the postseason, and I think they're going to make the most of it. I, I think Riverside's going to roll. I think they're going to win the 31-17. to 17. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that, that, that 1A, 1A Northeast League is really strong this year. We've seen three teams. We've, we saw Freeman go toe-to-toe with those, those uh, you know, Riverside and Lakeside um, with Bowen Phelps at quarterback and that – uh, that team out there, uh, and you know, I, I I think you're exactly right. Um, I I think I think Riverside. I mean, we have them ranked pretty high in our our one A power rankings for a reason. Um, I take Riverside by a couple touchdowns. Moving on and up to the three A ranks, uh, we're going to start with a game that is I think is actually going to be pretty tightly contested. Um, I I predict a shootout in this game. It's happening down in Vancouver on Saturday where the number five team out of the top Metro League uh, or the top division in the Metro League, Seattle Prep, comes down and plays Mountain View. And 
Adam Matheson and co, uh, the winners, again, of the 3A Greater St. Helens League, uh, get a chance to uh, to take on the Metro League number five. Braden Smith, uh, he's he's going to be on a, a Division One roster, whether it's football or basketball. Um, he's he's kind of, you know, Braden Smith, Jack Velling, tight end, Austin Harnito at linebacker, uh, had made his first appearance in the backfield uh, in week nine and went for over 120 yards. Um, he's a big body. He's been a, just a terrific uh, middle linebacker this year uh, for the Panthers. Uh, can can uh, Mountain View match up with those guys? Uh, Mountain View's got a strong secondary. Um, what do we think? What do we think? Does the uh, number one of the three AGSHL um, take it to Seattle Prep, Aaron Mall, uh, and, and the Panthers uh, at home? Man, I, I think I think you're right. I think this is a flip of the coin. It's it's hard to know because you know Seattle Prep w- was down the past couple the last couple weeks of the regular season. They were down a considerable amount of starters. I think five or six starters. So I mean, obviously that's going to impact when you're when you're facing a, a team that that has athletes over the field in the Rainier Beach and. Uh, the Garfield game was obviously a shootout. Um, the encouraging thing, Andy, was even down a few of those regulars, they they were able to still score points. I mean, Braden Smith, you know, he doesn't need a whole a whole lot of space or a whole lot of help to make a big play. And I think, you know, he's the difference. I, I think this Metro League, we've talked about it a number of times on the podcast. This Metro League from one to five is really strong. Uh, I think we'd be both surprised if, we don't see at least one team if, you know, two, maybe three teams from the Metro League in the state semifinals. Um, this is a really good league. I think Seattle Prep's really still really good. Jack Velling's had a monster year um, as the top pass catcher for Braden. Or- Oregon State commit Jack Velling for you. Yeah, and I think, I, I mean, I think he's going to have a wonderful career. Um, we saw him last year in the Metro League Championship, and he's he's, he's obviously taken his play up. Uh, a, a notch higher this year. I'm, I'm picking Seattle prep. I think it's going to be a 30 to 21 game. Uh, Seattle prep comes home with a victory and, and uh, takes its show to the, to the sweet 16. I think Seattle prep wins too. I think it's going to be a shootout and I favor uh, a team led helmed by Braden Smith in a shootout. I think uh, my, my score prediction is similar to yours. 38, 35, um, I'll be really interested to see. I think I might go to that game. Um, I'll be at Skyview and Kamiak uh, at Kiggins Bowl in Vancouver uh, at 1 p.m. that afternoon, and and I'm hoping to uh, to make it over for that game in the evening. Um, but I'll be interested to see um, what lessons the Mountain View defense takes from some of the defenses in the Metro League that seem to uh, find ways to to uh, force errors out of uh, you know one of the most gifted uh quarterbacks on his feet in this state this year in Braden Smith um we'll be very very interested to see if they send a ton of pressure at him to try to you know get a couple hits on him early and and send a message does that trigger uh does that does that throw Braden out of the pocket we know under pressure uh and and flushed out of the pocket Braden Smith is is as good as anyone in this state any quarterback in this state uh so uh, I still, I think, you know, Mountain View, they just, they just play such clinical football. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see just how strong this three AGSHL is. I've seen 
seen a decent amount of this league this year, and uh, it's it's always interesting to to see the way it matches up. But the last time Mountain View played a uh, playoff game was in 2018 in the 3A state semifinals against O'Day. Uh, they got upset and bounced in 2019 for the first time in a few years. And then last year, of course, didn't play. So this is a team that's used to playing postseason football, but has a, a roster full uh, of players who have never played a playoff game. So uh, we'll see uh, how how prepared those guys are. I know, uh, you know, head coach Adam Matheson, uh, preparation is key. He's, he's an old school coach. And, uh, you know, that coaching staff was among the many that was uh, rapidly dicing up film uh, as soon as those uh, matchups dropped on Sunday. So uh, both of us have Seattle prep uh, in a barn burner and a high scoring one. Heading up north, Spanaway Lake, our number nine team in 3A, sitting here at 4-1 and one, coming off a big win over Lakes, hosts Liberty of Issaquah at 7-2. and two. What do you say, Todd? Does uh, the Steve Valich-led uh, Liberty squad come and, and make some noise uh, in Spanaway? I don't see why they, the Patriots wouldn't. I mean, they the already this is the one game in 4A and 3A in the round of 32 where these two teams have played earlier in the year. Liberty hosted Spanaway Lake in late December, uh, lost 19-14. to 14. I think we actually highlighted one of those Josh Colley games game winning scores on our in our highlights package Andy and uh, he's done that a couple more times to uh to 3A PCL teams as well I mean Steve Alich makes no bones about it if you look at their size if you look at spending like size and you look at their speed they have a they have a huge advantage on on Liberty Liberty's going to get it done by the collective um and a Steve Alich coach team is disciplined uh, gap integrity. They're sure tacklers. Um, he has a, you know, he has a couple, I mean, their defense has been pretty solid. You look at Freddie Wisebro, the, the, the defensive end, he'll be asked to get some pressure on Dempsey James and enforce some mistakes, but middle linebacker Mason Carr, and I know he shoulders a little bit of the Russian, the, the, the by committee rushing attack, but he's a tackling machine. He's going to be huge in this game to make sure that, like he said, you know, Josh Colley, uh, Josiah Wagner and some of those athletes, you know, let's keep those, those four, those runs through the middle or off tackle. Let's keep them to four or five yards, not 25 or 30 yards. And uh, he's, he's been really, really good this year in, in, in making sure that doesn't happen. I like the Sentinels in this game at home. Uh, it was encouraging to see uh, their athletes sort of come alive last week against lakes. Josh Colley had his first 200 yard game. Um, again, we've talked about it. This is a team that's been on three separate COVID pauses. It's been hard for them to get a little bit of a rhythm, uh, this, this fall, uh, playing lim- a limited schedule, but I think this is where it starts. I think we're going to see this team, you know, this, this team kind of roar here on out. I, I think they're going to win. I, I like, I think, you know, I, I think I picked this game 24 to 19, um, Spanaway Lake, uh, just as a kind of a tribute to Steve Valich. His team's getting the postseason. They know how to conduct themselves. You know, I, th- I think it's a really valid point. Uh, I think at the end of the day, as you said, the Sentinels just have too many weapons on the field and, and just to account for. And we saw Josh Colley go for more than 200 yards last week. That, If you haven't seen that 87-yard touchdown run, uh, I, I mean, shades of Marshawn Lynch, Beast Quake, um, that's not a type of play that you can draw up or prepare for uh, ex- outside of just – form tackling and having guys who can bring a very big running back who's barreling at you down. I mean, he shook 
it was a run up the middle through, I think on the left side. And, um, he, he, I mean, he, he was throwing guys off him and showed breakaway speed. And, uh, it, it's up for SB live's top play of the week, uh, which you can vote for now on the app or on the site. But, uh, yeah, I think I completely agree for all the reasons you say, uh, I like Spanaway Lake. I'm going to give them a, uh, a two score cushion though. Uh, give me 10 point Spanaway Lake win, uh, with respect to the Patriots. So, Heading uh, down and uh, a little bit east, uh, southeast, I guess, of this game. We're going to go check in with number two, Yelm, at 8-0. Hosting a, a Mead team uh, that runs a, uh, a, a uh, heavy set, run heavy uh, uh, offense. Meads at three and five, but don't let that record fool you. These Panthers are playing really well right now under first-year head coach Keith Stamps. Uh, they showed it in the Battle of the Bell against Mount Spokane, uh, and you know teams that are playing really well at the right time and just kind of have nothing to lose at this point um, are, I think, are dangerous. That being said, Todd, this is a this is a very tough Yelm team with athletes all over the field with size. They play tough. Um, sitting here undefeated at eight and zero. Number two in our rankings, uh, I, I take Yelm by a couple of touchdowns. Uh, give me Yelm, uh, thirty-one to seventeen. What say you? Yeah, this. I mean, this. You you talked about the job that Keith Stamps has done at Mead in his first year. We, you know, it was a a little bit of a in disarray when he was hired, uh, but a team that's had a lot of a, a tradition in the postseason. They've they've altered their style a little bit. They're more of a, a power run. That's his background when he was at Deer Park. Um, this is a team that's very very physical. Has a, a couple really good defensive ends in in Spencer Lyman and Chris Prince that I think can create some some issues off the edge. But this, you know, Yelm. This kind of reminds me where Mead is right now. Kind of reminds me of where Yelm was a few years ago with Jason Ronquillo when it was just starting to find its footing and 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 kind of you know, kind of put the anchor down on what they were and their identity. And yeah, Meads, you know, played a lot of the, the GSL heavy hitters, um, pr- you know, pretty tough. And, and, and all those coaches would, would tell you that, but they have not beaten any of those, those heavy hitters either. I think this Yelm team is, is on a mission to get to the state playoffs. It's been there the past few years. They've won some, some playoff games. That's a really good Yelm team at home. Um, welcoming a team that maybe looks a little like them. Um, I, I, you know, I, on the site, I think I had it, uh, 26, 14 Yelm, uh, maybe a few more points Yelm puts on the scoreboard, but, uh, this me team is something to watch here in the future under Keith stamps. I think it's going to be a factor very, very, very soon. Heading up to Auburn, Auburn Riverside coming off a, uh, big momentous, uh, win of the three, a MPSL dominating the Auburn area this year under head coach Greg Hurd. Uh, he's been terrific. Uh, the Auburn Riverside plays a very exciting brand of football. Uh, they've got a, lo- a lot of very good athletes, especially out wide. Um, they take on Kelso, who has a lot of the same types of pieces. Kelso sitting here at 7-2. and two. Uh, I think, you know, maybe a, a, an underappreciated team out of the three AGSHL just because, uh, you know, like I, I think Kelso is perfectly capable of coming in and winning this game. Todd, you talked to Steve Amrine for, uh, for the primer this week. 
I still think Auburn Riverside's going to win by a touchdown and a shootout. Um, but did anything that you uh, heard from from Coach Amrine or anything that you've seen? I know you haven't seen Kelso uh, play this year. I have. Uh, I thought they were they were really impressive. Um, anything you you uh, you kind of gleaned from that conversation with Coach Amrine that that makes you think that Kelso might tip the scales here? Well, he was. You know, it's funny. I said, "How do you see these two teams matching up?" And he just sort of chuckled and said. It, we're very similar in a lot of ways and how we want to get things done and, and some of the schematics. I mean, I think he said the difference, maybe the subtle difference on offense is they run a wing back and, and we, we run a lot of two back set. Um, you know, again, good quarterback play um, really good. Uh, you know, obviously Kelso has Connor. Noah. we watched him last spring uh, after he had gotten over, a, uh, you know, kind of an injury filled spring season. It was really impressive in the all-star game at chief less shy. Uh, he's almost at a thousand yards. And, and then you look at, you know, a guy that that's helped shoulder that load in in Judah Koleski, um, because, because Noah plays so much on defense that you have another guy that you can shoulder the load, but you know, you, you Auburn Riverside kind of has the same thing. Um, a good quarterback, uh, in Peyton at Tatero. Um, good running backs, you know, uh, really good receivers. Um, and a lot of them, I mean, Jace Villers, like we've talked about earlier, uh, in an earlier podcast, a really impressive junior year. Um, not a kind of athlete you say playing wide receiver at other schools around the state. Andrew Butler too, out wide. He's been, he's been right up there. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, the, the Ravens have have really started to grasp this Greg Hurd um, quarterback friendly uh, system. You know, he was the offensive coordinator at Stillicum, um with Chance McDonald when they went to the state championship game. He knows uh, he knows how to get this passing attack going, but he's also done it with a lot of balance. So they can beat you through the air. They can beat you with physicality. Both teams are pretty big up front. This, I, you know, I it's good. this is a fun game of two teams built similarly from different leagues that don't see each other. Um, I like Auburn Riverside because it's at home. Um, they're, they're the league champs in the three MPSL. I think on the site, Andy, um, I picked Auburn Riverside in a relatively low scoring game, 21 17 at Memorial stadium. You're picking low scoring. I kind of hope these teams uh, turn this into a shootout. I think it'd make for a, you know, a fun game. I just, you know, Kelso, those guys hit hard. They know how to defend. Um, and they really do. And, and especially when they turn it on, it's just, it's, it's, it's a really impressive brand of defense. Uh, so I like that prediction, though, just from the margin. Um, I think Auburn Riverside is, is going to keep this thing rolling in, in a very impressive, uh, you know, first year with full playoffs uh, under Coach Hurd. So Let's move up and finish things off. I think we're running a little bit long, but let's let's speed around this 4A. Um, a lot of these games will be covered on the site, so a lot to look forward to uh, there. Turn your attention uh, there over the weekend. Central Valley, 7-2, heads over to the Tri-Cities to face another 7-2 team. That's the, the number three out – or no, the number two out of the 4A Mid-Columbia Conference in – Richland, uh, CV, Richland. I really don't know what to make of this game, Todd. Richland has been, uh, I think it's fair to say, up and down. Its offense has sputtered at times this year. Uh, it's it's looked impressive at times. Uh, they had very high expectations coming into the season. They've got very solid senior leadership on that on that group. 
Central Valley um, has one of the best quarterbacks in the state in Luke Abshire. Uh, it, it lost its starting running back, uh, Zach Abshire, a couple weeks ago around midseason. Um, but it's found, it's found a red zone package uh, that, it, that it displayed on Friday against Ridgeline. Uh, a young man that I just wrote a story about. It's been very well covered in the Spokane area by local media for the past two years. Uh, Brandon Thomas, uh, the middle linebacker, he's played up on the uh, up on the line a little bit. He is playing with a prosthetic leg. He uh, had o- has overcome uh, and had a, a just a harrowing battle with cancer uh, during the pandemic. Uh, Osteo sarcoma in his lower right leg that, that caused an amputation. Uh, he on Monday, Todd, uh, and, and I have a story about this on the site that just dropped as we record this today on Wednesday. Um, on Monday, he went in for his, uh, his every three month, uh, set of tests. It's test week for him. And he received a clean bill on his MRI. He still has two, two more tests left that take place on Monday. Uh, but Things are trending upward for Brandon Thomas. Not only did he score his first touchdown out of the Wildcat package last Friday, um, I, I got to wonder if if uh, Mike Kneehold at Richland is, is going, okay, are they going to throw uh, you know, 6'2", 6'3", 225, 30 pounds uh, of, of barreling energy uh, at us and, and his patented stiff arm, whereas you can see when he runs, he's seeking people out with that stiff arm. So... Um, I don't really know what to make of this matchup, though. I think I, I think I kind of like Central Valley um, based on the way that uh, that that team has has been playing of late. Uh, it has a lot of momentum, just taking care of business. I know you know Ridgeline uh, is a first year team with no seniors, but give me the Bears in a close one. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. Give me twenty one to nineteen. Yeah, it's 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 odd that we're talking about these two teams with struggling offenses, given who the quarterbacks are. Cam Kitchens at, at Richland, and and you mentioned. Uh, Luke Abshire at Central Valley. I mean, they took a big blow when when his brother Zach suffered a season-ending injury. This this uh, offensive line from Central Valley has struggled throughout the course of the season, but both of these defenses have have pretty good defensive fronts. I like you, mentioned Brandon Thompson. And congratulations on everything—not just scoring your your first touchdown, but making it back to football and and. And uh, just all the things that I mean, being at the Seahawks game as a honorary captain, and uh, what a what a cool story uh, for the Bears. Maybe they get a little juice emotionally from 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 the from their only back in 2019 when we had a full uh, fall season. Their only returning first team GSL underclassman. We saw him in his very first start, um, Andy, when they played and came over to Bellevue and won. So we know what kind of football player he is, how physical he is. Maybe, you know, if, if he can, if he can, if he can handle the workload on both sides, maybe that physical, that physicality will show up um, in Central Valley's rushing attack as, as sort of a replacement for Zach Abshire. I also like, so even though Central Valley is, is making the drive over to the Tri-Cities, I also like Central Valley in this game, Andy. Uh, in a low-scoring game, I'm going to say 17-14. Um, I think the defenses are going to uh, really control the game. Um, Brandon Thomas scores the game-winning touchdown, and it's a happy bus ride back to Spokane for the Bears. And that's and that's the day you remember the Titans. 
that's a storybook that's a storybook ending right there but you know these this is this is you know one of the i think one of the most intriguing matchups across the state this week you see two seven and two teams that um have been in and out of our rankings uh you know this throughout this year and this is a great crossover between the gsl and the and the mcc uh that every year we see and we talk about it all the time we see really good teams that are playoff caliber teams sitting at home uh, after week 10 so this is another case of that um, I like that pick though. I, I, I do. So CV on the road, um, book it. Another team I think is going to win on the road, but you disagree with me. North Creek at seven and two heading to Burien to take on Kennedy Catholic. Uh, can the great linebacking core and, and defensive back core and that defense, uh, that talented defense of the Lancers, contain uh, the top quarterback in the Kinko and Kennedy McGill, who's put up Madden numbers uh, this year as a dual threat. Uh, he's, he's broken records at North Creek. Uh, he can run, he can pass. Um, and, you know, but can he do it at Highline Stadium? Is that game being played at Highline Stadium? It is. Okay. Uh, you, you have Kennedy Catholic, uh, 37-33. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and flip that. Same score. I take North Creek by that same margin. Yeah, I mean, North Creek's very first playoff game was against Sam Heward, Kennedy Catholic in 2019 uh, in the district round. Uh, that was kind of a, a, a big learning experience. Now, Kennedy was not the quarterback on that team. Um, he very well could be the best player on the field Saturday, Andy. Uh, you mentioned his numbers, 2,500 yards of total offense, 34 touchdowns scored. He, he and Griffin Miller, if I had to pick, uh, you know, if I had to log, log a vote for Kinko for a MVP uh, between the two divisions, those two young men would be uh, my co-picks. Um, I, I just think that Kennedy has a little more across the board, uh, maybe a few more athletes. Um, I, I don't think I don't think North Creek's going to have any problems scoring. I, I, I think their issues are going to be trying to stop Kennedy Catholic in that air raid attack. Um, that's kind of why I think Kennedy's going to win in a high-scoring game in advance to the uh, state playoffs. A game that I will be at, mentioned earlier, at Kickens Bowl in Vancouver, under head coach Brian Thomas at 7-1. and one. Heads down to take on 4A GSHL number two, Skyview. Uh, Skyview is big up front. Skyview's got two very strong running backs and uh, a – uh, league player of the year candidate in Jaden Knapp, who's uh, you know been the, maybe the most prolific rusher in, in the region uh, down in Southwest Washington this season. Uh, is it enough? Does Kamiak have enough? How do these styles contrast? Um, I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. You have Skyview uh, by three. Uh, I like Kamiak coming down here and saying, "Hey, put some respect on the 4A Wesco's name." And, and and we're gonna drive all the way down there. You're gonna make us do it, uh, and, and we're gonna we're gonna hand it to a team uh, that has you know at times this year looked really good in Skyview. Um, so Skyview got kind of a tune-up game against a, a lesser Oregon opponent last week. Um, you know, does did it kind of tune up the things it wanted to uh, coming off a, a tough loss? Uh, or I'm sorry, yeah, no, a, a tough loss to uh, Camus the week prior. So you have Skyview 23-20. Um, I have Kamiak by the same score. I think it's going to be a close game regardless and low scoring. But 
watch out for that. That Skyview defense is going to have uh, its hands full uh, trying to keep its uh, its eyes on Wesley Garrett. Yeah, and Wesley Garrett very well could be the best player on the field, Andy. Uh, and they run that that jet sweep double wing offense that's kind of funky. You don't see it a whole lot. Uh, it's a, it's an offense that that Gordon Elliott ran a number of years at Auburn and and Bryant Thomas had to try and stop it when he was the coach at Auburn Riverside. And he said, well, if I can't stop it, I might as well adopt it. So, uh, and that's, that's what he's installed here uh, last spring. It, it really accentuates the skill set of Wesley Garrett, both as a deep threat and as a perimeter threat. He can, he can really, he's, he's so shifty. Andy uh, can, can really make you miss out on the perimeter on, on fly sweeps and, and obviously down the field. And, and a guy that maybe doesn't get a lot of credit on offensively is, is Ben Trey Worthy, the quarterback, um, who has given this passing, who has given this offense a, a real legitimate passing um, uh, threat. Uh, had a really good game a couple weeks ago against Lake Stevens. Again, if they can flush the disappointment of having to drive four hours to play a round of 32 game, this really potentially has the chance to be the the, the premier matchup of the weekend, uh, a really fun game, uh, a, a team that maybe doesn't have a whole lot of name value uh, in Kamiak against, you know, Steve Kaiser. We all know how, how great, how, how well his teams are coached and a, a team that's big, physical, and contrast the styles. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's a game I wish I could be at on, uh, on Saturday. I'll be on the sidelines there 1 p.m. Uh, at Kiggins Bowl in Vancouver for that game. To round things out, we have uh, one of the games that uh, stirred up a little bit of controversy. We talked about it on Sunday. We talked. Uh, we, we made reference to it earlier in this podcast. Uh, Pialup, number 10 in our uh, 4A rankings at 7-2, and two, heads on the road to Kinko, number 4, Mount Sai. Todd, who you got? Mount Sai has played a lot of good teams this season and has played a lot of good teams close, but they've lost to a lot of good teams as well. Um, who do you think emerges from this game? Um, well, I think the team that emerges from this game is 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 the one whose quarterback makes the fewest amount of mistakes. Now, two very talented quarterbacks. We've talked about them um Throughout the season, Avery Walker at Mount Sai, first-year starting quarterback. Michael Balzarini, also a first-year starting quarterback, replacing Luke Holcomb. Uh, I just like the way this Puyallup team has played at the end of the season. Uh, kind of thumped a good Bellarmine team here just to close things out last Saturday. They're a little sore about having to go up to Snoqualmie and play Mount Sai. I mean, it's kind of shades of 2018 when both teams were really, really good. Um, with with uh, Clay Millen or Kale Millen, uh, his last year, both of those teams were probably Final Four teams that met in the quarterfinals. Pialop did win, uh, set up that that rematch with that really good and eventual 4A championship team in Union. Um, so they're a little sore about having to kind of return to the scene of the crime here. Um, but I think they're the better football team. I think they're playing better here at the end of the year. Um, I think I had Pialop winning. Uh, again, you, you don't really blow out Mount Sai. Um Charlie Canoe knows how to keep games close and manage them, but I have y'all, uh, and, I, and it's on the site, the score, 27-21, to get to the Sweet 16. I have no qualms with that score line. Uh, although we did not agree on every one of these picks, we don't on a week-to-week basis, and I'm sure you, the listener, uh, don't agree with us across the board 100%, and that's just okay. But we'll find out 
uh, what happens here in the next couple days in an exciting week 10 of the high school football season. Next time we talk to you, we'll be breaking down playoff brackets for SB Live Washington and SB Live Sports, a proud member of the Sports Illustrated Media Group. I've been Andy Bueller. He's been Todd Millis. Many hats Millis in the streets. We will catch you on Sunday. podcast is brought to you by SB Live Sports, your national hub for high school sports news and information. Subscribe for free wherever you get podcasts. If you do it on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and a review to help us best serve you, the listener. You can find our website at scorebooklive.com Washington. There you'll see news, features, highlights, podcasts, and everything in the world of high school sports across this state. As always, a big shout out to our sponsor, Washington Federal. Thanks to Dan Dickow and Todd Millis for bringing the heat every week. This song you're hearing is by the band Woodrow. It's called So Far Away. It's written by James Schroeder, Carl Johnson, and my dad, Matt Bueller. I'm Andy Bueller. We'll be back next week. take a moment to tell you about something really exciting for high school sports fans across the country. SB Live Sports has launched a free iPhone and Android app featuring the latest high school sports news here in Washington and across the country. With the SB Live Sports app, it's now even easier to follow your favorite team and tailor your experience to your interests. With real-time scores and news alerts, as well as video highlights, podcasts, photo galleries, rankings, game coverage, and much more, the app delivers on the content you want in one convenient place. The SB Live Sports app features exclusive content from on-the-ground reporters across the country, and it's the number one source for Washington high school sports fans with coverage from reporters Todd Millis, myself, Andy Bueller as well as SB Live's preeminent basketball mind and recruiting expert, Dan Dickow. The SB Live Sports app is available at no charge in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Download it today.